go back to Genesis. We want to go to Genesis chapter 2, and we want to go back to read verse 7 through verse number 9. From the book of Genesis chapter 2, verse 7 through 9, and then I'm going to read verse 15 through 17. After that, then I give you my subject. First book of the Bible, of course. Genesis chapter 2, we're going to look at 7 through 9, and then, are you there? Then we do 15 through 17. Let's do 7 through 9 first. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is in the pleasant for food, pleasant to the sight, good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now let's go over and read verse uh, 15, 16, 17. And verse 15 says, and the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Every tree of the garden thou may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eat thereof thou shalt surely die. Now we're going to go to Genesis chapter 3, where we're going to get our subject. <clears throat> Excuse me. From the book of Genesis, chapter number 3, and we want to read verse 17 through 24. Genesis chapter 3. When you get there, say amen. amen. Verse 17, Genesis 3, 17 through 24. And unto Adam he says, so now we're going to go to what God said to Adam. And to Adam he said, because thou hast hearkened to the voice of thy wife, and has eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed the ground for thy sake, in sorrow shall thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shall thou eat bread, till thou return to the ground. For out of it was thou taken, Thus thou art, and thus thou shalt return. And Adam called his wife named Eve, because she was the mother of all living. And all, unto Adam also, and unto his wife, did the Lord God make coats of skin, and clothe them. And the Lord God said unto the man, I'm said, I'm sorry, Behold, the man is become as one of us, to know good and evil. And now lest he put forth his hand and take also the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims and flame of fire and flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. Okay, you can be seated. We're going to put our attention on verse number 22. 
on verse number 22. Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 22 is what we're going to put our attention on. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us, to know good and evil. And now lest he put forth his hand and take also the tree of life and eat and live forever. So we're going to talk about this morning because we are starting volume four in the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to start the day teaching on the ministry of the Holy Spirit, volume four. This is going to be part one. But I'm going to use from verse 22, eat the tree of life, you will live forever. I want to make sure we understand it. Eat the tree of life, you will live forever. Can you repeat that to somebody? Eat the tree of life, you will live forever. I don't have enough room to put the word and in there, so I just don't. Uh, eat the tree of life, comma, you will live forever. All right, now, we're going to pray, but we want to make sure you really hear what the word says. Now, when God gives you the word, the word is there, so it will give you the answer when somebody else come and tell you something different. Now, that is not what you hear people tell you to be saved. They don't tell you what the words say. Once again, I want you to understand that every church pretty much has its own doctrine. They're not going by the Bible, a lot of them. They've got their own doctrine. But the word of God says, if you eat the tree of life, you will live forever. The word said on the screen you had, eat forever, but we're going to go back, take the word and out. Eat the tree of life, comma, you will live forever. Father, we thank you now for your Holy Spirit. Now we ask you to give us clarity on your word. Thank you for your wisdom, your knowledge, understanding. Thank you for your grace, your mercy, your love. We bless you, we praise you, we honor you now, we appreciate you. Thank you for your righteousness. Thank you for your forgiveness, your great mercy, your great love. In the name of Jesus, our Lord, we thank you for your death, burial, and resurrection. Thank you for your Son. Thank you for giving us your Holy Spirit. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. All the grief that prayer today. Amen. Amen. All right. Now, what we're going to do is on the screen. If you want to take the word and out, please, just want to say the word, eat the tree of life, comma, you will live forever. Uh, I know and sounds good in there, but I just want to do it like I'm doing it on the tape. Now, if I gave you the answer up front, then what you got to understand, if I'm going to give you the answer up front, then when somebody come to you and don't have that answer, then you ought to be able to say, wait a minute, that's not how you be saved. Because I just told you how to receive eternal life. Isn't that what happened you were saved? You saved, you receive eternal life, right? Well, if someone else come and tell you to be baptized in water in Jesus' name, automatically you ought to be able to say, wait a minute, hold it. How am I going to get eternal life from water baptism? Because the word just told me if I eat of the tree of life, I'm going to live forever. Now, let, let's go back and read it again, verse 22. Will we? Can I do that out the NLT? That's the New Living Translation. All the good news, whichever one you got up there, NLT. 
you have to, when you hear what the words say, you must understand God always gave you the answer up front. The enemy job now is to come and see do you know. See, when you don't know the word, he can deceive you. Now, watch what the word said. Then the Lord God said, look to, to human beings have become like us. Now, he was talking about Adam and Eve. Okay, but I don't like that word human beings, but anyway. And it says, knowing both good and evil, what if they reach out, take fruit of the tree of life, eat, watch what happens, then they will live forever. So if God already says that if Adam eat of the tree of neither good and evil, he gonna live forever, he just told you how to live forever. I mean, when you, when you, can't you put that together? So how can I live forever? What do I need to do to live forever? Eat the tree of life. Now, if I was Adam and Eve in the garden, all I had to do was find the tree of life. Remember, there were other trees, but they were not, they were not all the tree of life. Let me put it another way, so you can understand the date. There are other churches with other pastors. But how do you know what you're going to get up in there? How are you going to know? You got to know. Because it's going to be for your life. Because if it's a wrong tree, you're going to die. Now remember, I gave you last week's message. I said the woman ate of the wrong tree. So if you ate of the wrong tree, what happened when Adam and Eve ate the wrong tree? What, what God said to them? You're going to surely die. They died. That's why I got, I got a, a, a teaching in this Bible. They died. Because first of all, they died twice. When I get to Genesis chapter number 5, I'm going to show you the genealogy of Adam. See, Adam was not supposed to die. Eve was not supposed to die. Now, we know they died spiritually first, then they died physically, but they were never supposed to die. So, my point is, if I see how they died, let's not forget how they could have lived. See, don't forget, the, don't forget what God's trying to show you. He's trying to show you that how, if they hadn't have done this, they could have lived forever. But they could not have lived forever if they never ate the tree. I, I just want to make sure I'm understanding. The tree was sitting in the middle of the garden. Adam already was created by God. The tree was sitting in the middle of the garden. All Adam had to do in Eve is go walk to that tree and eat the tree of life, and they could live forever. We would have never been in the situation we're in today. But they ate the wrong tree, so now we got to deal with it. So what tree did they really eat? I just want to make sure you understand what I'm saying. Because a lot of people told you had to, you had to eat a pear. Of, what tree did they really eat? All right, so they ate a tree that was corrupt. Come on now, because I'm getting you ready for my next teaching. They ate a tree that was what? 
corrupt. If anything got good and evil on it, can't you hear that's corrupt? Do you know what corrupt is? It's a mixture of good and evil. Ain't that right? So when a tree has good fruit on it and evil fruit on it, can't you see the tree is corrupt? Then there was a tree of life in the midst of the garden. Now, if you don't make your mind up to understand that when you go to church, I can feed you out of my natural mind on what I believe the Bible said. Or I can show it to you on the screen and tell you what God says. Now, if I don't give you what God says, I'm feeding you out of what I think God says. I'm back to my own mind again. Do everybody understand that? Or if I feed you the old covenant, I'm giving you the law, which has also been corrupted by man, right? All right, now let's go to work. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 3, and we're going to give you four different teachings in this one just today. I can't give them to you all today, but I can't go and just walk out to a garden right now and says, that's the tree of life right now. Where's this tree of life at? Where is the tree of life? If, if I can, what, how, how am I going to eat today? Now the Bible gave me the answer where the tree of life is today. And who it is. You do know that, don't you? You know your pastor's wise enough to get the message from God, don't you? Right, that's all you had to do is just agree with it. You can't find it, you didn't have to find it. My job is to get it from God and give it to you. Let me say it again. My job is to get the word of God from God and give it to you. You can, you can goof off. That's your thing. My job is to get that word from God, and that's what I've been doing, and just give it to you. Now, if you don't get it, it's going to be between you and the Lord. Go to Proverbs chapter 3. That's where you are, right? We're going to start reading verse 13. And then we're going to read down to verse 22. Now, our key verse is verse 18. So I'm showing you in the word what today's tree is. How do I know which tree to eat from? Let me give you another one. Right after this one. I'm going to find it for you. It's in James. James talked about this same tree. I'm going to go to this afterwards, but I'm going to give you a chance behind the scene back there to know what I want, and I already have it together. Because James gave us this exact same thing. James chapter number three, and I'm going to do verse 13 through 18. I'm going to go to do that. All right, so I'm telling you back behind the screen what I want to do. All right. But I'm going to start here, and I want you to put down first, wisdom is the tree of life. God left it in the book 
told us what the tree of life today. I can't go to no garden like Adam did because that's spiritual now. But I can go to a church and I'm supposed to know what I'm looking for. Ain't that right? What am I looking for from this preacher? Proverbs chapter 3 just told me. Next time I ask you, I want you to answer wisdom, okay? But it's not just wisdom, it's the wisdom of God, right? All right, Proverbs chapter number 3. Let's go to work. Verse 13. Let's, happy is a man that finds wisdom. What, what, what am I looking for? Wisdom. I found wisdom. And the man that getteth understanding. Well, see, if I find wisdom, I'm going to get understanding. But I got to find the wisdom. Because that's what this proverb is about, right? All right. And then it says in verse, two, verse 14, For the merchandise of wisdom is better than civil, is better than the gain of fine gold. So if I get this, if I get this wisdom, then I can get the, the, everything else. All right. That, then verse four, 15 says, she's, Wisdom is more precious than rubies. All the things that thou can desire are not to be compared to it. I don't care what's your desire. You cannot compare to wisdom. He put it at the top, didn't it? And then, and then verse number 16 says, length of days is in our right hand. You want to live a long time? Find wisdom. Length of days in her right hand, and in her left hand, riches and honor. So what do you want? You want to live a long time? You want riches and honor? Find wisdom. Now, this is coming from the man himself, the most wealthiest king on the face of the earth. Anybody know who he is? I'm saying it because I, don't want, I want to make sure you know who he is. King Solomon. Ain't that right? All right. Now, and then it said in verse 17, her ways are ways of pleasantness. So look, look at what all you're picking up. You're not going to just get to life. You're going to get her ways. You're going to get her riches. And then all her path of peace. Everything that, well, you're going to have to go back and forth. There won't be no more peace in your life if you just get what God told you to get. Then he says in verse number 18, she's a tree of life. Now we know there's only one tree of life, so we know she is the tree of life. Come on now, you can take the word A and know that's the. Oh, if you were the English major, you'd be a yeah, pastor, that's right. Because a car is the car. I ain't talking about just a man. I'm talking about the man. Oh, you got it. There's one mediator between God and men. The man. So if there's one tree, it has to be the tree. That's okay. You'll get me later. She is the tree of life. So that's what wisdom is. Wisdom is the tree of life. Say wisdom. wisdom. Is the tree of life. Now, you're on this side of the cross. I'm going to go on this side over here. You're on this side of the cross. You ought to know who wisdom is by now. Like Paul said, I caught you with God. Let me come on this side. You ought to know who wisdom is by now. Thank you for helping them out, baby. You helped them out on both sides. See, Christ, say Christ, Christ. is the tree of life. So this Bible is going to teach you what I'm supposed to preach to you. 
Now, you're not in the old covenant. Using the old covenant, I taught you wisdom. But the new covenant, I got to teach you who wisdom is. Now, it's two things I wanted you to pick up from today's, today's message. Number, verse 18, wisdom is the tree of life to them that hold, lay hold. Now, if I go to the new covenant, I want you to find this verse for me. Lay hold on eternal life. See, that's what you got to do. You got to make sure you have eternal life. Don't go to church all your life. And when it comes down for you to die, you don't have eternal life. Now, eternal life is so you can live with God eternally. Let me say it again. Eternal life is to live with God eternally. I want you to find another scripture. God lives in eternity. Those are your assignments. So if God lives in eternity, then how am I going to live with God if I don't have eternal life? Now you ought to be able to put that together. The only reason you can live on the earth is because you have natural life. So you don't have to have eternal life to live here. But you're going to have to have eternal life when you leave here. Because when you leave here, your soul goes into eternity, whether it's eternal life or eternal death. So if you don't have eternal life, your soul will live in eternity, life or death. You make that choice now. So you can goof off, like I tell people, just goof off, but down here at the end, there's a test coming. So well, he ain't talking to me. No. People died all ages. Amen. It had nothing to do with your age. Death cares nothing about your age. And you don't know when death coming. So I'm going to show you, he told you to lay hold on eternal life. Just that one verse. In verse 18, she's a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her. Happy is everyone that retaineth her. The Lord, by wisdom, has founded the earth. By understanding, he has established the heavens. So if you notice, everything was done by wisdom. All right, let's give me that verse. 1 Timothy 6.12. 1 Timothy 6.12. Are you there? Fight the good fight of faith, but the next comma says, lay hold on eternal life. Lay hold on eternal life. You got to make sure you got eternal life. Hold on to it. Lay hold on eternal life. Now, every now and then, I'm going to ask you how you got it. Look at verse 19, same chapter. 1 Timothy 6, 19. Every now and then, I'm going to ask you how you got it. And I'm only asking you because I showed you at the beginning how you got eternal life. Laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come. See, 
you got to get this because there's a time coming you're going to need this. That they may lay hold twice in one verse, one sentence on eternal life. One chapter, sir. So you're supposed to lay hold on what? Eternal life. Why are you coming to this church? Because there's something you're supposed to get, right? Now, here's the point. Do you think you can get this at every church? No. Every church does not teach you how to be saved. Their intentions is not to teach you how to be saved. They may teach a good sermon today showing you if you're struggling and this is what you're going through and all this trial, you still ain't going to get saved. This message, this this house designates its messages to your salvation. I know people say, man, I don't want to hear about them already saved. You already say, what about the other 99? My responsibility is to make sure there's none lost. That's why I preach to you Christ and him crucified. Because everybody do not understand salvation. That's why I'm going to show you how it's so easy to eat the wrong tree. And when I go and show you the trees... You're going to see how easy it is. See, you can go right down the street or right across town or right to another town and you can go to a very, uh, another tree and don't even know it's for your life. But you going to church, what's wrong with it? The man opened the Bible up, the man talks about Jesus and you don't know it's for your soul. So you don't know the word. The Bible is not just for me. It's for me and you. All right, now let's go to work. Isaiah? What do you got, brother? Isaiah chapter 57, verse 15. We'll talk later, we'll talk. Isaiah, that's Pastor Crump there. That's why I told we are talk. All right, here we go. Isaiah 57, 15. Where do God live? That's what I'm showing you. See, God could only live in you if you have eternal life. Thus said the high and lofty one that inhabited. The word inhabited means that's where he lived. He lives in eternity. He inhabits eternity. He lives in eternity. Well, if God lives in eternity, his name is holy. He said, I will dwell in the high and holy place. That's the church. The holy place is the church. With him, with him, God said, I'm going to live in that house with you. That is of a contrite and humble spirit. See, I'm here to revive your spirit. So that's why we don't have revival today. Because first of all, if Christ is in you, your soul supposed to have already been revived. What did Christ come in you to do? Came in you to revive you. What does it mean to revive you? Some of y'all, don't, y'all been going to the revival all these years, don't even know what it's for. 
The word revive means to make alive, bring back to life, quicken. All right? So when God came in your life, he revived you. What, why do you call 911? Don't you know why you call 911 when you have a person here? Don't you know why you call 911? If you got a person who can't breathe? He's supposed to come and what? Come and revive him. That's why you don't just call anybody, right? So that's what God did. Look at Isaiah 57 again. In just one verse. It says, For thus saith the high lofty one, one that inhabiteth eternity, he lives in eternity, whose name is Holy. I dwell in the high and the holy place. Talking about the, the church. That's what the holy place is. All right. With him. So God lives with your soul. That is of a contrite and humble spirit. That's what, what happens when you get saved. You have humbled yourself. But he said, I'm here to revive the spirit of the humble. I'm here to revive you. Bring your spirit, your soul back to life again. I'm here to revive the heart of the contrite one. So his whole thing is to bring revival to you. Revival is something you should never want again. Once you've been revived, I've been revived through it for eternity. Been made alive. Amen? All right, now, now, just that. Anything else I told you we're going to go to? I gave you something. I said we're going to go to this next. James chapter 3, 13 through 18. All right, now, and James, he's going to give you, there's more than one wisdom. See, so you must understand, wisdom is a principal thing, Proverbs 4, 7 says. Wisdom is a principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom now. But then in all you're getting, you got to get understanding because there's more than one wisdom. So when you come to this house and you sit under Pastor Crump, you're looking for the wisdom of God. Let me say it again. What are you looking for? So you're just not just looking for wisdom, right? Come on, you're not... See, Proverbs told you wisdom. But it didn't tell you what kind. But he figured you would know this wisdom is of God, right? All right, now let's look at James 3.13. When you look at the book of James, James is going to tell you about the two wisdoms. So that's why you got to understand, when you go to church, you got to understand that I could be the devil in the pulpit. You don't know. You don't know the word. I sound like a preacher. I dress like a preacher. I even know how to say. <laughs> One person told me, she says, I know how to hoop. I won't say what that got to do with preaching. All right, James chapter 3. All right, now all that good before that, but I'm not going there, okay? I'm just going to verse 3. It said, who is a wise man endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his work with meekness and meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and strife in your heart, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom, this wisdom descended not from above. This wisdom did not come from above. 
So right off the bat, you should be like, wisdom comes from above, yeah. But the wisdom he's telling you didn't come from above. So there's a, right now, I can be able to understand, this wisdom descended not from heaven. So I got to find out who came from heaven. Because if I don't get the wisdom from heaven, then I'm going to get it from the earth. And I got, if I'm going to get it from earth, see, I got, you got, if you look at your pastor, your pastor is both heaven and earth. So are you, if you say, right? I'm just telling you by me. I know by me. I got God in me and I got me in me. I got me and God. This is me and God house. Right? God came in this house, swallowed me up. I'm in God in this house. One day I'm going to pull off this house and just me and God going to get out of here. Amen. I'm going to go be with the Lord forever. Right? All right. But this wisdom descended not from above. So he said, look, if it's not from above, it's earthly wisdom. It's sensual. Now, the word sensual comes from what word? Not hard. Look at the word real good. Senses. Come on. You just sense. If you just listen to the King James, it's so simple. It comes from senses. Somebody mentioned to you out of their senses. All right, watch this. This wisdom descended not from above. It's earthly. It's sensual or it comes from the senses. And that makes it devilish. That's the wisdom from above. See, when somebody don't know the word, they can only give you what they think the word says. Then he's going to say, what well, envy and strife feel, there's confusion in every evil work. Then he's going to tell you something in the next verse. But the wisdom, I'm waiting on the next verse. But the wisdom that is from above. Now, how do you know your wisdom from above? How do you know you're getting the wisdom from above? Because the word is revealed. I'm giving you the answer. My job is to just give you answers. How you know when you're getting the wisdom from above? Paul's message came from where? You ought to know God spoke to him from the heavens, right? If it had been revealed, it came from above. The word above means heaven. Heaven itself is word above. If I got the word from the Lord, it's from above, right? Okay. Because the devil's not above, all right? The devil is beneath. All right, come on. Give me that verse again. But the wisdom that's from above is, watch, watch God's wisdom. It's pure, peaceable, gentle, easy to be understood. That's one of the greatest things I hear you say in this ministry. When pastor ministers, I can understand him. That's God's wisdom. It's easy to be understood. I'm not here to complicate things. I'm here to just tell what's in the Bible. It is already pure. It's already peaceable, gentle, easily being treated, full of mercy. See, when you minister, you got to understand something. God's word is always full of mercy. You're not trying to get nobody. I'm not out to get you. It's good, good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. See, that's God's word. 
And then he's going to say another verse, which we're going to go back to Proverbs, and you're going to see the exact same verse again. We already read to you Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 18. We're going to go back now to Proverbs 1130 after this. But watch, the, watch also what he's going to add here in the new covenant. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Now stop right there. Leave that up on the screen a minute. Why would God talk about wisdom? And then he closed out with the fruit of righteousness. You know why? Because wisdom and righteousness and life are the same words. That's what you're going to see in this teaching. I'm going to show you in the word of God that the tree of life is the tree of wisdom. And the tree of life, we know the tree of life is a tree of life. We know that, right? But it's also is called the tree of righteousness. Let's go look at it in uh, uh, Proverbs 11.30. In Proverbs 11.30. Now, we just read to you James 3.18. Can you do James 3.18 and Proverbs 11.30 back and forwards a couple of times? We're going to read both of them. Now, we right here now, can we read this one right here? Are you ready? Okay. The fruit of righteousness is what? Come on, what is the fruit of righteousness? It's a tree of life. I thought wisdom is a tree of life. Wisdom is a tree of life because what is he doing? He's giving you who Christ is. Can you see what he's doing? He's just breaking it down. Wisdom is a tree of life. Then he come in and say, righteousness is a tree of life. How many know peace is a tree of life? How many know joy is a tree of life? Because that's all who Christ is, isn't it? All right, let's do that again. He says, Proverbs 11 and 30. The fruit of righteousness is a tree of life. Now, I know as an English major, that word there is a tree of life is the same as the, the fruit of righteousness is a tree of life. So I know righteousness is life, and I'm going to show you the word. And he that went and sold is wise. But let's go and show you righteousness is life. I'm going to give you a couple of places to show you that before you can get it. Galatians 3.21 and Galatians 2.21. We are doing backwards. Galatians 2.21, Galatians 3.21. And then we're going to go to Romans 8. I can't use your notes. <laughs> we might get there. All right, are we ready? All right, we're, doing, we're showing you what the tree of life is. Now, I'm going to go, I'm, going to go, I'm not getting away. Because I'm going to show you all four. Watch what Galatians 3.21. Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid. If there had been a law given, watch what he says. Because I'm going to go back and show you the law also was their wisdom and their righteousness. Their, the law was, but it, it would not save them because they couldn't keep it. 
Nobody can keep the law. But the law was their wisdom and was their righteousness, but they couldn't keep it. So Jesus fulfilled it. That's why he became the tree of life. He always has been. All right. Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid, or certainly not. If there had been a law given, which could have given what word? I need you to participate. What word? So life has to be the first word, because we're talking about eternal life, right? If, if in eternity you have life and death. So when you eat of the tree of life, you live forever. But through Adam, man has already eaten of the tree of good and evil, knowledge of good and evil. Remember, that's what the tree was. What is it called? Tree of knowledge. See, it's knowledge. Right, but it's corrupt knowledge. So you got to understand, so people could try to minister the word. If they don't know the word, they're going to corrupt the word. Now, I'm going to show you in the word. I, I don't, I, somebody just find me that verse. We are not of them that corrupt the word. Some of you all can just find it. You stay where you are back there. Please let me finish what I'm doing because I know where she's going. She's going to find it. Ooh. Is the Lord then against the promise of God? God forbid. If there had been a law given which could have given life, so the law could not give what? Life. life. Although it was their wisdom, it was their knowledge, it could not give life because they couldn't keep it. Now the only reason the new covenant gives you life is because we had a man come down from heaven and kept the word. So because of that, he came that we might have and that we might have it. But if he didn't keep the word, we could not have gotten life. His life would not have mounted to anything if he did not obey that word. Why do you think the enemy tempted him? So that's, if he could have got him to disobey the word, he could not have given his life for me. His obedience to the word is what empowered the word. So the word do you no good if you can't keep it. All right, let's move on. So he says, if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness. Now what word is he using interchangeable? I told you first, now I'm showing it to you. I gave you the same thing just a few minutes ago. I gave you number one. I says, Wisdom. Then I says, righteousness. Then I says, I'm going to give you three words mean the same thing. Are y'all keeping any notes up in here? What three things I told you? I like that. That's how I like. That's how that's supposed to be. That's how you're supposed to be you watching. That word good and the good. Three things. Life. Wisdom, righteousness. They all mean the same thing. Remember I just said that earlier? Now I'm coming to show it to you. But I don't want you to forget what I told you. So if the law could have given life, verily righteousness. So righteousness has to be life. Can't you see how he used, how he used the terms? You got to be a good reader. Watch what he says. If the law could have given life, verily so then righteousness should have been by the law. So he didn't use life. Life should have come by the law. 
if there had been a law could have given life, life, but he won't say life again. He said righteousness. So you have to know how he teaches you. When he teaches you, he's showing you that righteousness is life. So how did God save you? Now, when God used the word righteousness, is who he made you. You didn't write that down. Boy, if I was in y'all, I wish I would have been in my class. Let me sit in my class. I wish I could sit in my own class. Do you know how hard it is to find somebody who knows how to teach the word? All right. I'm not saying it's patting you on the back. I'm, I'm only give glory to one person in my life, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. He is my teacher. He blows me away. All right, now, two words, three words we got. Let's go all the way back to the law and let's show you their righteousness. Remember, but they couldn't keep the word. They have the same challenge you have. Then I'm going to go to the, the, four, the, the fourth one, and I'm going to show you that, the, that Israel could not receive eternal life unless they overcame some things. And they were given faith so they could overcome. That's why they had to live by faith. So I'm going to show you the difference in your salvation and their salvation. They had to give their life physically so they can live. They couldn't live eternally if they didn't give their life physically. Let me say it again. They could not live eternally unless they gave their life physically. They actually had to die. So Jesus said this to them. If you lose your life, then you will save it. If you give your life for my sake and the gospel, you'll keep it through eternity. See, they had to absolutely die so they can have eternal life. Now, your, your salvation is similar, but it's not exactly the same way. Yours is spiritual. So you, are, you have to do the same thing, but it's not natural life you're giving up. You got to do the same way. Remember, they had to deny themselves, take up their cross daily and follow him. You have to deny yourself too. So the word of God tells you how you give your life. Modify the deeds of the body. So all the things that going on that you want to do, all these physical, natural things that's wrong, you got to modify those things. You live, but they got to go. You get to live, but something got to die. Because if you live after the flesh, watch what this word says. If you live after the flesh, you go die. See, people think they can just do what they want to do, go where they want to go, be what they want to be. No. You live after the flesh, you're going to die. But if you through the spirit modify, what you got to do? You got to modify what? The deeds of the body. Then you're going to live. Well, either the things in your life that's not right, Either they're going to die and you live, 
or they're going to live and you're going to die. Because the flesh lusted against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. Now that is exactly what that means. Those things you got to modify, they works against your spirit. They in your life to say you're not going to make it. So you got to modify the deeds of the body. And the word modify means you got to put them to death. You got to kill them. Make sure they don't work in your life. Because they work in your life against you. Because if they're alive, you're dead. Paul said it this way. I'm dead to sin. But I'm alive to God. See, everything you become dead to, you become more alive to God. So you, you, have a, you have a work to do. And that's why you was given the faith. We'll get into that. Somebody say amen. amen. All right, now, watch what Paul said in Galatians 2.21. I do not frustrate the grace of God. If righteousness come by the law, otherwise we know that word righteousness now, we know it means life, right? If life come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Because so, you could not have had life if Christ did not give his life. He don't want to have it. Do you want to understand that? Christ, I am come that you might what? That you might have life. So if, if he did not come, you wouldn't have had life. Not only he came that we might have life, he came that, he came that we might have grace and truth. Amen? All right. Is you still learning? All right. Now, let's go to, uh, back to Proverbs. We gave you wisdom is a, is a tree of life. Let's go and just deal with proverb now. Happy is the man that finds wisdom. Wisdom. So we're on wisdom trail right now because I got to show you who wisdom is. I have about four different things. I haven't, I'm just begun today. We are in the volume four. This is just the first teaching, part one. So here we're going to talk about Isaiah 55, one through three. And from here, you'll know why I keep talking about 1 Corinthians 1, 17. Uh, you can write that down. 1 Corinthians 1, 17 through 24 and 30. But let's start at Isaiah 55, verse 1 through 3. Now, this is what God says. I'm teaching you on wisdom now. Because wisdom is a tree of life. That's why I'm going to show you four different things. I'm going to go back and show you, number one, the law with their wisdom. I'm going to take number two. We have the wisdom. Then number three, I'm going to show you that uh, righteousness, was what I showed you. Then I'm going to go and show you who Christ is. See, then I'm going to show you why he, talk, why he taught the Passover. That's how I'm going to close this out. I'm going to show you why did he teach, you, teach them the Passover in John chapter 6. And yet they didn't get it. And not only that, we still didn't get it. Now this church got it. Finally. Woo. Because we finally realized who the bread is. Amen? All right. Now in the old covenant, it was all right for them to eat bread on the table. But I just got through showing you that the wisdom of the earth See, you, if, if you can get all what I'm telling you right now, you're going to be able to handle where I'm going. Let me go back. Let me go back. 
Go to James chapter 3. Verse number 18. See, if you don't get what I'm saying you now, you're not going to get where I'm going because I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with the same thing. I'm showing you wisdom. I'm going to show you righteousness. And I'm going to show you the bread later on. See, Jesus is going to teach it as in the communion, he, uh, uh, the Passover, but he's showing you the two same two things that you got to eat and drink. Everything he's showing you, you got to do what? You got to eat and drink. I gave you the definition for the word eat. The word eat means what? Believe. Believe. You need to put that in your nose. So he's not talking about when he said eat this bread, you got to know what the bread is. The word bread means doctrine. (sighs) This is so good. So you got to understand that. He's not talking about eating off a table. He's talking about eating doctrine. He told the Pharisee, he told his own disciples, be careful what you eat. And I'm going to show you, he showed them, you don't eat bread from anywhere. He's trying to let them know, the bread you want going to come from above. The word drink means to hear and see, hear and see spiritually is on the board. Okay, now let's go back to James chapter 3 and let's look at verse 17, 18, at least those two. The fruit of righteousness, you might tell you that, the same word. Wisdom from above, here it is, is first pure, peaceable, gentle, easily being treated, full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. And then it says, and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. But then he showed us, and I must have didn't come down fast far enough, back up in about three verses, because he's going to show you it's earthly, sensual. That, them are the words I want. The wisdom of the earth, earthly wisdom. Because remember, the wisdom descended not from above. Now, my point is, if God tell you that wisdom that he's talking about descended not from above, He's going to show you also that there's a wisdom from above, right? you got to be able to see. If he's not going to show you the one, don't show you the other, right? That's, that's not how he teaches. Comparing, always comparing, right? Spiritual thing with spiritual thing. But the wisdom from above is first pure. He shows you that's from above. But then when you back up, he's showing you that the wisdom that's sin is not from above is earthly. If it didn't come from above, then the wisdom is what? So when I get to talking on the bread... Then he's going to show you also that the, I'm the living bread, and the living bread came from above. Can't you see the same comparison? Everything he's showing you is, where did it come from? If it didn't come from above, it's earthly. If the wisdom did not come above, it's earthly. And that's what he's talking about, it's earthly, sensual, and devilish. That is corrupt. See, he's talking about wisdom. He's talking about bread in Matthew. But I got to understand, the bread is the doctrine, and the doctrine is the wisdom. (sighs) Oh, Lord Jesus. How many got it? Say it with me. The bread bread is the wisdom. wisdom. And the wisdom wisdom is the doctrine. doctrine. All right? So if I'm ministering to you the new covenant, I'm ministering to you the doctrine of Christ. But I'm ministering to you the teaching. So I got to understand something. 
the, the way the word of God put the, put the doctrine together, you got to understand, because there's two different doctrines in, in the new covenant. There's a Jesus and then there's a Christ. You got to know the difference. There's a natural man, Jesus, and then there's a heavenly man, Christ. There's a before the cross, there's an after the cross. Do you understand that? All right. Now, the bread is the wisdom and the wisdom is the doctrine. Okay. Now, so I have to understand when I preach Christ, I preach the wisdom of God. So if you keep a notes up there on the screen for me, in the back, that's what you want to understand. Christ is the wisdom of God. That's where I'm headed. Christ is the wisdom of God. Here's Isaiah 55, the first three verses. Thank you very much. Are you there? All right, I'm going to wait on you to get to Isaiah 55. I know I was going to get there. I've been waiting for that scripture to come up a little while. I've been here, hither and thither. I'm finally back. Here we go. Ho, oh, everyone that thirsteth. Remember, we talked about eating and drinking. Everyone that thirsteth, come to the waters. Now, you got to understand something. The Bible used the word waters because if I go to waters, I got to know what waters are. So let me give you a little, little hint. Let's go to John 7, 37, 38, 39. So I got to understand what he's talking about. If I'm going to come to the waters, I got to know what he's talking about. John chapter 7, verse 37, 38, 39. Jesus is going to offer this also to the Jews. In the last day, the great day of the feast, he always worked around the feast days because he was trying to teach them that those feast days was about him. Let me say it again. Those feast days are about him. He fulfilled every feast day. If they had known the feast days, they would have known about his coming. You don't get it. If they had known about his feast days, they would have known when Jesus was coming. Because the feast day told you when Jesus was coming. The feast days were the time when he would return. But they didn't know the feast days. The feast days started... In Leviticus, number one was the Passover. So the, past, the feast day that they were celebrating was telling you what Jesus saved them and how, what they would be going, how, where he would start, how he would end. Passover was the beginning. That's when they came out of Egypt. So that's why Jesus is going to start teaching them in John chapter 6. I'm after this, then I go to John 6. So it seems like I can get away from it. In the last day, the great day of the feast, after this, I go to John 6 and 4. In the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried. Now remember, this is the last day of the feast. I'm going to go back to John chapter 6. It's going to be, the feast going to start. You understand what I'm doing, right? In the last day, the great day of the feast. Somebody said, this is the last day. Now, when I go back to John chapter 6, we're going to show you what he was going to show you. That's why he's going to teach bread in chapter 6. He's going to teach water in chapter 7. 
In the last day, the great day of the free Jesus stood and cried, said, any man thirst, don't go to the pool of Bethesda. Come unto me and drink. Wait a minute, who does God think he is? He must have known something about the waters. So you need to write down Isaiah 12, verse 1, 2, 3. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly. You don't have to go to the brook to keep drawing and get no water. Out of your belly going to flow rivers of living water. Then he's going to tell you what the water means. But this spake he of the spirit. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the spirit, which they that believed on him should receive. Listen when he says, who's going to receive the Holy Spirit? If you are listening to what he just got through telling you, he just told you how to get the Holy Ghost. But they that what? Believed on him, sure. All you have to do is believe on him, you receive the Holy Spirit. But see, you're going to get, you're going to get over there in some other, somebody else's doctrine. They're going to tell you, you got to be baptized in the water in Jesus' name. You got to repent. See, they get way back there to John. That's what they did. We ain't talking to John. John's ministry is over. Jesus' ministry is going on now. Can you see the difference? Now, if I'm back here doing John ministry, John said, now repent, be baptized, everyone in the name of Jesus Christ. No, he couldn't use the name of Jesus Christ. So he said, repent, be baptized. So over here, Jesus is going to come, and he's going to tell you, out of your belly going to flow rivers of living water. You're in a different ministry. John's ministry ended at, at Luke 16, 16. I give you that verse all the time. The prophet's ministry over. John's ministry was over. Flip it, flip it. John, go to Luke 16, 16. I know y'all already know this stuff, but you know, for people who don't know, just have to... The Lord and the prophet was to John. John came, the Lord and the prophets was going on. Since that time, Jesus' ministry, since that time, the kingdom of God is preached. So that's why Jesus told them to repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What does it mean to repent the kingdom of heaven is at hand? He's not talking about you got to go out and get no... Get, no, he said you got to change the way you think now. Before you was on the John ministry, on the John ministry, you had to repent and be baptized. Now you got to change your mind. Because now the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and you don't get the kingdom of heaven by, by repent and be baptized. How do you get it? I'm glad you asked. Look at Matthew 6.33. See, if you don't know the word of God, you're going to die and go to hell just as sure as I'm standing here. And that's sad when you had a chance to be saved. And all you have to do is turn the natural things loose that's going to damn your soul and reach and get the heavenly things that's going to cause you to be with the Lord through eternity. Because if you don't want heavenly things, what are you going to heaven for? Why do you want to go to heaven? Why do you want to go to heaven? Ain't no hell in heaven. See, people don't, you, you can look at a person, how they live, and tell where they want to go. God, I just said something. I got to sit down on that one. Because if you, want to, if you want to go to heaven, you'll begin to prepare now, wouldn't you? See, that's what saved here means, preparing to be with the Lord forever. 
Don't wait till he come and go like, wait, let me, I don't even know how, how, do, how do I live in heaven? You supposed to be acting like that now? Because you don't never know when you're going. You don't wait until the test come to, to start studying. Man, I better stay up all night long and get this here because I've been goofing off. You're going to flunk. You're going to flunk. Because you can't, can't stay up all night long and get your lesson. You got to study every day. You think, I can just, you think I get this just by studying day before? Oh, no. Day before, I come up here and actually put it down. I mean, my wife will tell you, I work on this mess every day. I'm writing every day. And then when Saturday comes, I take all day Saturday and make sure it's in, in, in paper form. Then I come back here in the morning time way before you get up and spend about three hours before the Lord before you get here and make sure I'm ready to minister. Physically. Just say, you just can't do this if you ain't physically fit. Here it is. But seek first. See, it wasn't over here when John the Baptist, John the Baptist didn't come preaching that. John the Baptist came saying, repent. Who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come? You Pharisees and Pharisees and scribes, you vipers. No, that ain't nothing. That's not Jesus. Jesus called him also vipers. Don't get me wrong. You're going to see that in his teaching, in his ministry. But he told him, seek first the kingdom of God first. And his righteousness. So I have to know the kingdom of God is God's wisdom. His righteousness, peace, and joy, right? Seek the kingdom first. And then his righteousness. And then all these other things will be added. See, his message was not the same thing as John's. John was a hard man. Jesus said, what did you go out to see? You think you went out to see a reed shaking with the wind? You think you went out to see somebody pretty? This man dressed in camel's hair. <laughs> this man eat locusts and wild locusts and honey. Can you see him killing bugs? Locusts is... You, you, don't know what a, you don't know what a locust is? Remember the locusts in Egypt? Grasshoppers. Grasshoppers are locusts. Can you imagine? John, what are you doing? <laughs> Give me a spoon there, honey, bro. <laughs> now, that's spiritual, so I'm not going to bother right now. All right. Now, and in that day, thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise you. This is Isaiah 12. Though thou was angry with me, thine anger turned away, and thou comforted me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid, for the Lord God, Jehovah, is my strength and my song. He's also become my salvation. Therewith, with joy, shall you draw water out of the well of salvation. Where is the well? It ought to be in you, right? Salvation's in you. That's who Christ is, right? All right. Now, let's go back, because I got about 10 minutes. Don't have that much, really. Five minutes. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians 1, 17 through 24 and 30. All right? All right. I say, I'm, okay, I'll go here. I'm going to open this up, and i hit on that a minute. Let's go back to John 6, 4. In John 6, 4, and the Passover... John 6 and 4. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews. Now, 
Why am I saying that? Because we live in a day today is we now taking the Passover in the church, not this church. But the Passover was a what? Feast of the Jews. Now, I'm just opening that up. I come back and deal with that the next service. Let's go now to Leviticus chapter 25. 23, 23. Leviticus 23. Passover is a feast of the Jews. That's why when Jesus came, he came and he fulfilled the Passover. We're going to start verse 1. Because we got to help some folks with this word, holy convocation. Some of y'all don't know about that. That's why we stopped singing the, the song, Jesus build a fence all around. Some of y'all don't even know what that means. Now, if you're in the church of God in Christ, you know what it means. I'm messing with y'all, doctor. Can you two girls come up here? Come on, mother. You want to stand with me? We're going to build a fence. Come on. Jesus, build a fence all around. Be a fence, I'm sorry. She used to be a church God in Christ. That's how it's the only way she can know. Come on up. Come on, come on, come on. You want to stay with me? You're going to be a fence. Come on, Bryce. Jesus. We're going to do Yancey. Yancey used to be a church God in Christ. Come on. Come on. We're going, to get you the, we're going to get you the Holy Ghost up in here today. Jesus. We're going to get, make sure Yancey get the Holy Ghost. Come on. Come on, Yancey. You know I got the right guy, don't I? Don't I? You know I do. Come, come on. We're going to be a fence. Stand right here. See, see, a lot of times we sing songs, we don't know what we're singing. They just sound good. Jesus. Now, the people who will trust God in Christ, they know why they sing that song. Be your offense. All around. Be your offense. Come on, be your offense. Come on, Bryce. We'll be a fence around him now. You got to be over there. Because, see, what happened is, he's going to get the Holy Ghost tonight. night. <laughs> So the only way you're going to get the Holy Ghost, we got to be a fence all around him. Hey, I should have had you up here. So we want to make sure he get a fence. Now, this is how they do in a, in a, in a, I'm not trying to put churches down, but this is what they do. They gather around a person. We used to do it when we first started out. We didn't know what we were doing. Remember that? When first somebody get the, get the praise of the Lord and shout, they, they would do that, right? So they won't get out. They won't hurt themselves. Let them shout. Let them, let them, they're getting the Holy Ghost, they says. So these people here gather around and they just pray in the spirit while Yan says, now Yan says, you can show me yes how you be doing now. Yes, see Yan says. So, these, so this, this is why that man did the song, Jesus be offense, because he's a he from Church of God in Christ, most likely. All right, so Yan said, come tonight, get the Holy Ghost. Now he's going to be in that circle probably an hour, half hour. Hey, if he don't get the Holy Ghost, he's going to be there two hours. <laughs> he knows it. And see, what they tell you today is people don't tarry no more. That's why they don't get the Holy Ghost. Because, see, they don't tarry. This is what they call tarrying. He's tarrying for the Holy Ghost. And these people here gather around him so he can get the Holy Ghost. And their job is to make sure he gets the Holy Ghost before he leave out here tonight. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Huh? Now they are all praying in the spirit for him, and, and this I'm telling you, 
and then it can break out over here and they got another circle, you understand? And somebody over here get the jump and praise it and it's just like, he getting the Holy Ghost. They'll get a circle, they get a circle. There's somebody over here getting the Holy Ghost. So they'll, they'll have circles all over the church because people getting the Holy Ghost. See, this is what people don't know. People don't know what, what's going on in church, but that's what people are doing. And that's why they think they put, they're being a fence around them so they can get the Holy Ghost. Thank you. Thank you all. So I had, I had to use Yancey. Do you all understand how that works? That's not how you get the Holy Ghost. Go back to John again. John 7, 37, 38, 39. We're done. We're not going to be able to do nothing else. But he showed you right there how you got the Holy Spirit. Now, Ephesians gave it to you, Ephesians 1.13, right? But I'm, I'm just going to show you, even at the Old Covenant, how did he get the Holy Ghost? See, some of y'all go to church, but you don't know what you're doing. And all of us, hey, hey, y'all down. They're they trying to get you the Holy Ghost. Watch John chapter 7. And you're tearing. That's what they call tearing. Now, you're going to be there a while. Am I right, James? It may take you an hour to get him. Two hours, three hours, before you leave out there, you're going to be praying in the spirit. If, I don't care if you're all down the floor. We ain't going nowhere. We're going to fence around you, brother. <laughs> you're going to say something before you get up here. In the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, said, If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. Come to me. He that believeth on me, he that believeth. You tell me that's all I had to do? Sit on that morning bench for a whole week? He that believeth on me. As the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Then he said, this spake he of the spirit, which they believe, they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified of death, being raised from the dead. But he's the one who gave you the Holy Spirit. My time is up. I thank you for yours. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.